0: This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast is sponsored by Baker Tilly. With opportunities all around us, standing still is not an option. Success happens when we push forward. By working with the accounting and advisory professionals at Baker Tilly, we'll help you have tomorrow's conversations today. We'll guide you through the ever-changing business world, blending free-flowing knowledge with the power of personal relationships to help you win now and anticipate tomorrow. Let's face the future together. Connect with us at bakertilly.com. This is Matt Greller, CEO of AIM. Welcome to the Hometown Innovations Podcast. Join us as we share ways our municipalities are positioning themselves for the future, thought-provoking interviews with state and local leaders, and more. Thanks for listening as we tell the municipal story.
1: Welcome to this episode of Ames Hometown Innovations Podcast. This is Chelsea Schneider with AIM, and today I am in McCordsville with Town Manager Tanya Galbraith. Thank you for being on the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, Chelsea.
1: Yeah, so McCordsville, such a great town. Great quality of life, um, growing.
0: Yes, really growing. Uh, When I started here just almost 15 years ago, uh, our population was less than 1,200, and now we're about 8,000. So while 8,000 doesn't sound like a really big community, uh, when you think that just 15 years ago it was less than 1,200, that shows the kind of growth that we're getting
1: and a lot of dynamics come into play, being a town leader, you know, kind of overseeing the infrastructure and everything required for that it, growth. It's yeah. been
0: great. I mean, it's it's got its challenges. We have some traffic challenges with growth. We have to keep up with our infrastructure with growth, but we're we're ready for it. And we keep, keep going with the challenge.
1: That's great. So one of the projects kind of underway um, is a town center project. Tell me a little bit about what goes into that.
0: Yeah, so town center project I'm so excited about because McCorseville doesn't have a downtown. We don't have a core. We don't have you know people will say, well, you know, what are you doing downtown? Well, we don't have one, so we're making one, and that's really exciting because it's farmland. So we aren't redeveloping a downtown as many um, communities are, and, and they're lucky to have those assets. But um, this is about 150 acres of farmland. We're working with the property owners. We're not purchasing the land or anything, we're just master planning it so that developers will know where to go, what we want to see in certain spots in town center. So we are going to have the town center um, approved by the town council in January. And then we move forward with having meetings with builders, stakeholders, um, others who might be interested then in locating there. So it's really exciting to see what could come up out of basically farmland into a really neat town center
1: so describe to me kind of your vision for that space um and also kind of the master you know planning process so we envision it to be uh, all walkable to have very
0: much mixed use um, uses have retail obviously on the bottom maybe some livability on top apartments, um, condos, and single-family housing. We're working on a uh, drainage project for the town center area, so it would be a regional drainage that, so it would serve a stormwater purpose, but it would also be an amenity, um, so to serve a couple purposes. So we're real excited about that too, and we also, in it, want to play on some of our history. Um, There are several round barns in the area. We may have a, a feature that doesn't actually look like a round boundary but might kind of show that history a little bit that we could use as farmer's market space or event space. Um, We also, you know, part of the vision is to have a community gathering area. Um, We don't have much of that now where we could have music and and, and other um, events like that. So it's a a real community, whole community vision that um, we're real excited about
1: why do you think it's important for a town and maybe even any indiana town right to have that kind of that center that community gathering point i
0: think it just brings people together more i mean we work really really hard to have events and community functions here but we have very limited space we have one town-owned park and it's right by town hall so you know we don't have you know a lot of, of opportunity to bring people together and we think it's really really important Especially when you're a community that borders on Fishers, borders on Indianapolis and Lawrence. Um, So our location and the people who live here are used to having those kind of amenities and gathering spaces. And they've moved here and they're like, well, okay, so where, where do we go to, you know, have a coffee shop? And, you know, we don't have that. So that's what we're trying to do is to form that within the town center.
1: And kind of related a little bit, you all are doing a pedestrian and kind of bike sort of plan. So describe to me what that process has been and who you've worked with through that. We
0: got a grant through the uh, Metropolitan Planning Organization, the MPO, um, to do a bike pedestrian plan master plan. We've just wrapped it up and um, the council will be adopting it this month. What's neat about it is also it, it, it shows you know, what kind of routes we would have through town, as well as how we connect to other areas, how this pedestrian path or bike path might end up connecting to Lawrence and Fort Bend, or how we might be able to connect to Fortville and other places. So it's a comprehensive McCorsville bike ped plan, but it does show connectivity to other areas. And, it, you know, that will be a long-term phased-in project because it's very expensive um, to add bike lanes, especially the, the consensus of the steering committee was we really want to see the very safe bike lanes, not the ones that kind of cut through the middle of the road. So doing that takes um, takes money and hopefully some, some grant funding. Um, in, in, as part of all of that.
1: What were your takeaways of the process, you know, talking about connectivity? Um, what was kind of some learning points right. for you?
0: Well, we had a, a steering committee that was really, very really helpful, and it was made up of avid bikers that helped. We had representatives of the school system, which obviously you needed to have. We had representatives of the healthcare care um, in the hospital. We learned that it actually was kind of illuminating that almost to a person they really wanted to see those very safe kind of barriered bike bike lanes pedestrian paths and the avid bikers were like we're going to be in the street no matter what you know you can build these but we're going to be in the street and that's where you want us because you don't want us running over people with strollers or the recreational type biker or walker that type of thing so i thought that was interesting because i'd never really thought of it that way before
1: no, that's that's really that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, McCordsville, when you're driving in, your guys' infrastructure looks great. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, describe to me a little bit about those types of grants that you've all gotten for that. Yeah,
0: we've been really, really lucky. The Community Crossings Grant Program um, that the governor initiated a couple years ago has been very well received in McCordsville. We've been able to do a lot of road construction, road work, that we would not have been able to afford before. So each, and I hope I, I don't jinx myself, but yeah, you know, each each time we've applied, we've been lucky to get funding, and substantial funding that's helped us do a lot. So that program has been wonderful, and hope to see that continue. Um, We've just recently, uh, in November, applied for two other grants. We applied for Next Level Trails Grant, and we uh, applied for, um, through NDOT, for a um, roundabout project. So we've got those two in. We don't know what will come of them, but, you know, we like to apply for grants because that's, you know, you just got to go for everything you can. We're working on a bridge project over the CSX track. Um, We haven't applied for any grant funding yet. We're still working with NDOT on the design, and you know, there's a lot that goes into it, but um, that's one of our biggest focuses because traffic that comes through from Fishers and then all of the housing developments that we're putting in have caused traffic to really, really back up on a on a two lane roadway. So we're working on all those traffic issues as well.
1: For maybe a town leader listening to this podcast you know mccordsville is doing so much in terms of livability building kind of an urban core um you're thinking about walkability you know pedestrians what advice would you give them if they're hearing this podcast and thinking you know i really need to take on that strategy too
0: well i guess my advice would be not to be afraid to apply for grants even if you think maybe this isn't the time you're going to get it. We've been turned down many times and, and, but we keep putting them in and we learn each time that we're rejected, um, you know, what makes a better grant application. So, you know, we just keep going at it and, and not letting past rejection of not getting the grant funding really affect us. And we've been successful in, in getting, getting several of the other ones. So I think you need to look too at what, what it is it that your residents are are asking for. So we, like most communities do, we'll do a citizen survey periodically. And the thing that comes out on top every single time is the biking, walking amenity, um, the connectivity, to be able to just kind of you know, get on your bike or walk. And and I'm a walker. I walk to work, which is a wonderful thing. You know, be able to do that and do that in a safe way and do that with your family. And so that comes out on top almost in every survey. So, you know, just kind of look at what what's out there for us, as I like to say sometimes, and and some people understand it and some people are too young, but I'll say it's like playing SimCity in real life, because we get to say, you know, this is a great place for a town center or this may be a good place for a park or you know those kind of things and then analyze it. And with parks, we are in the process right now of doing a uh, park evaluation study. So we've hired a consultant who's helping us identify where parks might be, sizes, what what kind of uses that might lend because we recently adopted a park impact fee, and so we need to kind of look at that as a whole.
1: And with your efforts within McCordsville, you've also led the way in terms of like regional collaboration with Cumberland and New Palestine. Um, tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, we have a great relationship with those two communities in, in, in the county. We were stellar finalists last year, but we were not chosen. But through that effort, we got the attention of the Urban Land Institute, ULI. They spent um, five days in our areas last January uh, with a panel from outside experts. And they always say everybody's an expert if they're from outside, but these are people that were outside of the state who were focused on, and um, what we're focused on is the Mount Comfort Corridor. So the Mount Comfort Corridor is within Hancock County. Kind of an extension of what Olio Road is to the north in Fishers. So we're looking at the um, viability of it because we see it as the next, you know, Ronald Reagan Parkway. It's uh, that type of corridor. We work very, very closely with New Powell and Cumberland and Through those efforts, we were lucky to win a local government collaboration award through AIM, and very, very proud of that. We all have that award, very prominent place in our town halls. It's not just exclusively looking at what's good for McCordsville. It is looking at what's good for the corridor, which then brings development in, which brings tax dollars in, that helps the the county as a whole, and then the individual communities as well.
1: When you think about the long-term vision of McCordsville, kind of a really dynamic, Part of the central Indiana area, what do you hope for the community from these efforts that you all are doing?
0: And what I hear, and I live here too, is that we want to continue to have the small town feel with the amenities that you can get and do it in a way that that's smart, that doesn't, um, you know, make people... They always say, "Oh, you're trying to be name whatever town." Well, we're not. We're trying to be us in a in a smart way. But you're always gonna, in order to have the amenities that people are asking, you're always going to be similar in some aspects to other communities, right? But you do it your own way and with your own kind of flavor, and and so that's what we're doing. We we are still surrounded by by farmland, and we love that. We we have a great relationship with the farming community, um, and, and that. Is part of our rule. We still consider ourselves to be part rule, and we like that. Will it always be that way? That that depends on the will of the the farming community to keep or sell. But um, we're trying to grow in a systematic, planned way. Our planning director Ryan Crum is very intent on being strategic, and our residential building permits continue to grow, and so that's why we need to continue to look at you know, how we handle that growth. We've got now some commercial and retail projects that are coming in. We have a uh, the Geist Montessori Academy is getting ready to open in January, and that's kind of exciting to, to have that kind of new academic type, to, you know, for kids. And so that, that'll that be great. And uh, we also have a senior living, so we go from one, <laughs> one end of the scale to the other, a uh, senior living apartment complex that'll be constructing soon. And we've heard from another builder who may want to do senior so, you know, we have the the seniors who want to be here because their kids uh, and grandkids are here and they want to stay close by, but they just don't want the great big house anymore. So we've got the whole continuum, I think, here and our location makes it, you know, a, a viable place to be. So there's just a lot of parts to the puzzle and we just keep trying to put them together and um, do them in the Way we hope will work well for the future because it's not just for today.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much, Tani. I really appreciate yeah. your time. Thanks,
0: Chelsea. I enjoyed it. This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast was sponsored by Baker Tilly.